0: CHAPTER One, OF COMMON SENSE. HOW TO EXERCISE IT. BY YORITOMO TASHI. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. LESSON 1. COMMON SENSE. WHAT IS IT? One beautiful evening, Yoritomo Tashi was strolling in the gardens of his master Lang Ho, listening to the wise counsels which he knew so well how to give in all attractiveness of allegory, when suddenly he paused to describe a part of the land where the gardener's industry was less apparent here parasitic plants had by means of their tendrils crept up the shrubbery and stifled the greater part of its flowers only a few of them reached the centre of the crowded bunches of the grain stalks and of the trailing vines that interlaced the tiny bands which held them against the wall one plant alone of sombre blossom and rough leaves was able to flourish even in close proximity to the wild verdure it seemed that this plant had succeeded in avoiding the dangerous entanglements of the poisonous plants because of its tenacious and fearless qualities at the same time its shadow was not welcome to the useless and noxious creeping plants behold my son said the sage and learn how to understand the teachings of nature. The parasitic plants represent negligence against the force of which the best of intentions vanish. Energy, however, succeeds in overcoming these obstacles which increase daily. It marks out its course among entanglements, and rises from the midst of the most encumbered centers, beautiful and strong. Ambition and audacity show themselves also after having passed through thousands of difficulties and having overcome them all. Common sense rarely needs to strive. It unfolds itself in an atmosphere of peace, far from the tumult of obstructions and snares that are not easily avoided. Its flower is less alluring than many others, but it never allows itself to be completely hidden. Through the wild growth of neighboring branches. It dominates them easily, because it has always kept them at a distance. Modest but self sustaining, it is seen blossoming far from the struggles which always retard the blossoming of plants, and which render their flowering slower and at times short lived. A most absurd prejudice has occasionally considered common sense. be an inferior quality of mind this error arises from the fact that it can adapt itself as well to the most elevated conceptions as to the most elemental mentalities to those who possess common sense is given the faculty of placing everything in its proper rank it does not underestimate the value of sentiments by attributing to them an exaggerated importance it permits us to consider fictitious reasons with reservation and of resolutely rejecting those that resort to the weapons of hypocrisy persons who cultivate common sense never refuse to admit their errors one may truly affirm that they are rarely far from the truth because they practice directness of thought and force themselves never to deviate from this mental attitude Abandoning for a moment his favorite demonstration by means of symbolism, Yoritomo said to us, Common sense should be thus defined. It is a central sense toward which all impressions converge and unite in one sentiment, the desire for the truth. For people who possess common sense, everything is summed up in one unique perception, the love of directness and simplicity all thoughts are found to be related the preponderance of these two sentiments makes itself felt in all resolutions and chiefly in the reflections which determine them common sense permits us to elude fear which always seizes those whose judgment vacillates it removes the defiance of the will and indicates infallibly the correct attitude to assume and yoritomo whose mind delighted in extending his observations to the sociological side of the question adds common sense varies in its character according to surroundings and education the common sense of one class of people is not the same as that of a neighboring class certain customs which seem perfectly natural to japan would offend those belonging to the western world just as our nippon prejudices would find themselves ill at ease among certain habits customary among europeans common sense he continues takes good care not to assail violently those beliefs which tradition has transmuted into principles however if direct criticism of those beliefs causes common sense to be regarded unfavorably it will be welcomed with the greatest reserve and will maintain a certain prudence relative to this criticism, which will be equivalent to a proffered reproach. Common sense often varies as to external aspects, dependent upon education, for it is evident that a daimyo, a Japanese prince, cannot judge of a subject in the same way as would a man belonging to the lowest class of society. The same object can become desirable or undesirable, according to the rank it occupies. Must one believe that common sense is excluded from two such incompatible opinions? No, not at all. An idea can be rejected or accepted by common sense without violating the principles of logic in the least. If, as one frequently sees, an idea be unacceptable because of having been presented before those belonging to a particular environment, COMMON SENSE, BY APPLYING ITS LAWS, WILL RECOGNIZE THAT THE POINT OF VIEW MUST BE CHANGED BEFORE THE IDEA CAN BECOME ACCEPTABLE. AND AGAIN YORITOMO CALLS OUR ATTENTION TO A PECULIAR CIRCUMSTANCE. COMMON SENSE, HE SAYS, IS THE ART OF RESOLVING QUESTIONS, NOT THE ART OF POSING THEM. WHEN TAKING THE INITIATIVE, IT IS RARELY ON TRIAL. But the moment it is a case of applying practically that which ingenuity, science, or genius have invented, it intervenes in the happiest and most decisive manner. Common sense is the principal element of discernment. Therefore, without this quality, it is impossible to judge either of the proposition or the importance of the subject. It is only with the aid of common sense, that it is possible to distinguish the exact nature of the proposition submitted for a just appreciation and to render a solution of it which conforms to perfect accuracy of interpretation the last point is essential and has its judicial function in all the circumstances of life without accuracy common sense cannot be satisfactorily developed because it finds itself continually shocked by incoherency resulting from a lack of exactness in the expression of opinions if we wish to know what the principal qualities are which form common sense we shall turn over a few pages and we shall read common sense is the synthesis of many sentiments all of which converge in forming it the first of these sentiments is reason then follows moderation to these one might add the faculty of penetration, the quality of consistency, then wisdom, which permits us to profit by the lessons of experience. A number of other qualities must be added to these in order to complete the formation of common sense, but although important, they are only the satellites of those we have just named. Reason is really indispensable to the projection of healthy thoughts. The method of reasoning should be the exhaustive study of minute detail, of which we shall speak later. For the moment, we shall content ourselves by indicating along the broad lines of argument what is meant by this word, reason. Reasoning is the art of fixing the relativeness of things. It is by means of reasoning that it is possible to differentiate events and to indicate to what category they belong. It is the habit of reasoning to determine that which it is wise to undertake, thus permitting us to judge what should be set aside. How could we guide ourselves through life without the beacon light of reason? It pierces the darkness of social ignorance and It helps us to distinguish vaguely objects heretofore plunged in obscurity and which will always remain invisible to those who are unprovided with this indispensable accessory, the gift of reasoning. He who ventures in the darkness and walks haphazard finds himself suddenly confronted by obstacles which he was unable to foresee. He finds himself frightened by forms whose nature he cannot define and is often tempted to attribute silhouettes of assassins to branches of trees instead of recognizing the real culprit who is watching him from the corner of the wild forest life as well as the wildest wilderness is strewn with pitfalls to think of examining it rapidly without the aid of that torch called reason would be imitating the man of whom we have just spoken Many are the mirages which lead us to mistake dim shadows for disquieting realities unless we examine them critically, for otherwise we can never ascribe to them their true value. Certain incidents which seem at first sight to be of small importance assume a primordial value when we have explained them by means of reasoning. To reason about a thing is to dissect it to examine it from every point of view before adopting it, before deferring to it, or before rejecting it. In one word, to reason about a thing is to act with conscious volition, which is one of the phases essential to the conquest of common sense. This principle conceded, it then becomes a question of seriously studying the method of reasoning which we propose to do in the following manner, but first— it is necessary to be convinced of this truth. Without reason, there is no common sense. Yoritomo teaches us that although moderation is only of secondary importance, it is still indispensable to the attainment of common sense. It is moderation which incites us to restrain our impatience, to silence our inexplicable antithopies, and to put a break on our tempestuous enthusiasms, can one judge the aspect of a garden while the tempest is twisting the branches of the trees, tearing off the tendrils of the climbing vines, scattering the petals of the flowers, and spoiling the corollas already in full bloom and Now, Yoritomo, who loves to illustrate his teachings by expressive figures of speech, tells us the following story. A Japanese prince, on awakening one day, demanded lazily of his servants what kind of weather it was, but he forbade them to raise the awnings which kept a cool dim light in his room and shielded his eyes from the strong light from without. The two servants left him reclining upon his divan and went into the adjoining room where the stained glass windows were not hung with curtains. One of them, putting his face close to a yellow-tinted pane of glass, exclaimed in admiration of the beautiful garden bathed in the early morning sunlight. The second one, directing his gaze to a dark blue pane and looking through the center, remarked to his companion, I see no sunshine, the day is dreary and the clouds cast gloomy shadows upon the horizon. Each one returned to relate their impressions of the weather. AND THE PRINCE WONDERED AT THE DIFFERENT visions, UNABLE TO UNDERSTAND THE REASON. THERE, CONCLUDED THE SHOGUN, THAT IS WHAT HAPPENS TO PEOPLE WHO DO NOT PRACTICE MODERATION. THOSE WHO SEE THINGS THROUGH THE MEDIUM OF ENTHUSIASM REFUSE TO RECOGNIZE THAT THEY COULD BE DEPRIVED OF BRILLIANCY AND BEAUTY. THE OTHERS, THOSE WHO LOOK UPON THINGS FROM A PESSIMISTIC STANDPOINT, never find anything in them save pretexts for pouring out to their hearers tales of woe and misery. All find themselves deceptively allured. Some rush toward illusion, others do not wish to admit the positive chances for success, and both, lacking moderation, they start from a basis of false premises from which they draw deplorable conclusions, thus defeating future success the spirit of penetration according to the old nippon philosopher is not always a natural gift it is said he a quality which certain people possess in a very high degree but which in spite of this fact should be strengthened by will and discipline one can easily acquire this faculty by endeavoring to foresee the solution of contemporary events or at least try to explain the hidden reasons which have produced them great effects are produced many times from seemingly unimportant causes and it is above all to the significant details that the spirit of penetration should give unceasing and undivided attention everything around us can serve as a subject for careful study political events incidents which interest family or friends All may serve as just so many themes for earnest reflection. It is always preferable to confine this analysis to subjects in which we have no personal interest. Thus we shall accustom ourselves to judge of people and things dispassionately and impersonally. This is the quality of mind necessary to the perfect development of penetration. If for any reason passion should create confusion of ideas, clearness of understanding would be seriously compromised, and firmness of judgment by deteriorating would cast aside the manifestation of common sense. The spirit consistency is perhaps more difficult to conquer, for it is a combination of many of the qualities previously mentioned its inspiration is drawn from the reasoning faculty it cannot exist without moderation and implies a certain amount of penetration because it must act under the authority of conviction if you strike long enough in the same place on the thickest piece of iron in time it will become as thin as the most delicate kakemono a picture which hangs in japanese homes it is impossible to define the spirit of consistency more accurately it is closely related to perseverance but cannot be confounded with it because the attributes of consistency have their origin in logic and reason which does not produce one act alone but a series of acts sometimes dependent always inferred the spirit of consistency banishes all thought derogatory to the subject in question It is the complete investiture of sentiments, all converging toward a unique purpose. This purpose can be of very great importance, and the means of attainment multiform, but the dominant idea will always direct the continuous achievements. Under their different manifestations, and these at times contradictory, they will never be other than the emanation of a direct thought whose superior authority is closely united to the final success wisdom continued the philosopher should be mentioned here only as the forerunner which permits us to analyze experience it is from this never-ending lesson which life teaches us that the wisdom of old age is learned but is it really necessary to reach the point of decrepitude in order to profit by an experience actually useless at that time as is always a posthumous conquest is it not much better to compel its attainment when the hair is black and the heart's capable of hope? Why give to old age alone the privileges of wisdom and experience? It is high time to combat so profound an error. Is it not a cruel irony which renders such a gift useless? Of what benefit is wisdom resulting from experience if it cannot preserve us from the unfortunate seduction of youth? why should its beauty be unveiled only to those who can no longer profit by it this is the opinion of yoritomo who says what would be thought of one who prided himself on possessing bracelets when he had lost his two arms in war it is therefore necessary not only to encourage young people to profit by lessons of wisdom and experience but still further to indicate to them how they can accomplish the results of these lessons. It is certain that he who can recall a long life ought to understand better than the young man all the pitfalls with which it is strewn, but does he always judge of it without bias or prejudice? Does he not find acceptable pretexts for excusing his past faults, And does he not exaggerate the rewards for excellence which have accorded him advantages due at times to chance or to the force of circumstances? Finally, the old man cannot judge of the sentiments which he held at twenty years of age unless it be by the aid of reminisces more or less fleeting and an infinitely attenuated intensity of representation. Emotive perception being very much weakened the integrity of memory must be less exact. Then in the recession of years some details which were at times factors of the initial idea are less vivid, thus weakening the power of reason which was the excuse, the pretext, or the origin of the act. This is why, although we may honor the wisdom of the aged, it is well to acquire it at a time when we may use it as a precious aid. To those who insist that nothing is equivalent to personal experience, we shall renew our argument, begging them to meditate on the preceding lines, drawing their attention to the fact that a just opinion can only be formed when personal sentiment is excluded from the discussion. Is it then necessary to have experienced pain in order to prevent or cure it? The majority of physicians have never been killed by the disease they treat, Does this fact prevent them from combating disease victoriously? And since we are speaking of common sense, we shall not hesitate to invoke it in this instance, and all will agree that it should dictate our reply. Then why could we not do for the soul that which can be done for the body? It is first from books and then from the lessons of life that physicians learn the principles underlying their knowledge of disease and its healing remedies, Is it absolutely indispensable for us to poison ourselves in order to know that such and such a plant is harmful and that another contains the healing substance which destroys the effects of the poison? We may all possess wisdom if we are willing to be persuaded that the experience of others is as useful as our own. The events which multiply about us, Yoritomo says, ought to be for each master an opportunity for awakening in the soul of his disciples a perfect reasoning power starting from the inception of the premises to arrive at the conclusions of all arguments from the repetition of events from their correlation from their equivalence from their parallelism knowledge will be derived and will be productive of good results in proportion as egotistical sentiment is eliminated from them And slowly, with the wisdom acquired by experience, common sense will manifest itself, tranquil and redoubtable, working always for the accomplishment of good, as does everything which is the emblem of strength and peace. End of Lesson 1 Recording by Thomas Rose